This episode of Let Them Eat Cake is sponsored by It's a Wedding Party. We couldn't be more excited to collaborate with some of the city's most sought-out vendors to curate an impeccably designed space. Photographers and videographers all across South Louisiana are invited to come and capture some content for social media, collateral, and great imagery to build their portfolios. For ticket info, log on to lrj.com backslash It's a Wedding Party. That's E-L-L-E, the letter R, J-A-E dot com backslash It's a Wedding Party. Hey y'all, Fresh Johnson, back on the mic, super excited to be back in the groove. Thanks to everybody who's been listening and and hanging on since day one. So this episode is, uh, the headline of it is catchy, you know, don't be booked and busy. And booked and busy is a trendy term, you know, anybody can use it depending on their field. It applies to everybody in a different way, but I think there's a lot to say and it's a very, very loaded term for event industry professionals. And backing up just a little bit, um, one of the other things that I think made me pretty much pause everything was the fact that I was redesigning my brand. You know, I had outgrown my logo. My logo essentially was something that I did when I first got my MacBook on pages. You know, you could create some dope stuff on pages. And then my homegirl, who's also a designer, ended up taking it and making it look like something that was professionally done. But, you know, in my market research, I began to notice the importance of fonts, you know, logos, actually the colors involved the color codes and how to tie that all together to create um, brand standards. I knew that I needed a more mature look to kind of encompass who I am as a planner. Once I took the plunge and began working for myself full time, it just took my mindset to another level in regards to what I want to be seen as and what kind of clientele I want to attract. So I had to I had to make sure that I continue to stand out. You know, there's some people that don't have to worry about any of that because before social media, you know, they may have already been established or they may have already been known for a specific thing. And that's not necessarily the case for me. So I want to make sure that I'm keeping up and, you know, I'm running this like a, a very well-rounded business and deciding to rebrand was a huge decision, mostly because of the price. (laughs) Rebranding is a a huge investment, a great investment, but a huge investment. And the sticker shock almost took me out. You know, I began to compare designers that I wanted to work with versus designers that I can actually afford. And I wanted to look at the difference in their work. And I'm I'm not going to say that the designers that I could afford were bad, but the designers that were outside of my range their work attracted me in a different way. You know, the the presentation of it, the way they presented their service was branded in such a way that I felt like, hey, I need that. And it was good. It set an example for me because I want people to look at my work as a planner and say, you know what? I need her. Nobody else but her. So I ended up going with Cara McGuire of Minmoo Studio. She had um, done a logo for some uh, friends of mine at We Are Gathered. They posted a logo, their new logo. And I was like, man, that's dope. And they posted their submark, the fonts, everything that I knew I was looking for. And what I wanted for my brand, I seen in theirs. It was very well thought out, well-rounded. The look was amazing. So uh, I reached out and Kara doesn't rush it at all. And even if you're in a rush, 
she knows her stuff and she's not going to let you push her into that rush. Like we had a calendar, you know, we had to have our kickoff meeting. We have, you know, this round and that round. And I loved it because it gave us a chance to pace everything and really think stuff out. Like I understood it completely different throughout my work with her. And when you rebrand or when you take on a huge project, you know, if you're a planner, it may be rebranding. If you're in rentals, it may be expanding your inventory into a million more things. But for me, that number that this cost, I think that, you know, I, I consulted with friends about it as well. And we had to ask ourselves, or they had to ask me, what is your return going to be? How are you going to see your return? And that's a good question because you can want something because it's cute and pretty. But in terms of business, you have to ask yourself, how am I going to make this back? A rebranding project, you don't necessarily see your return in the same way of an inventory type thing. Like Gen F I Fly. Jen is getting some amazing pieces in, right? But when she rents those pieces out over time, it's going to pay for itself. It's not the same way if she was doing a logo. So I had to look at it like my return is going to be, one, the satisfaction of being comfortable with my brand and what people see when they look up LRJ events. But also that clientele that I want, you know, that have an eye that can appreciate Oh my God, her website's great. Her Instagram's great. Oh my God, look at how sweet her logo is. I want her because they're able to see something in my presentation that applies to them. And that is the way my return is going to come back. So after the investment phase, another phase that I hit was the fear. I was putting a lot of money out into these elements of rebranding. And it was beyond the, you know, the brand standards and the local process with Kara, but it was a few other things that I had to um, in, put investments into, like my websites. I don't only run a wedding planning brand. I am a um, part-time radio personality. So a lot of times I get booked through things of that realm. So I had to redo that website. Um, I had to do redo another website for another brand that isn't necessarily, you know, something that people need to know that I'm associated with, but I had to do the rebranding for that. So I had all these websites that I had to get redone too. And so with all this money going out, I began thinking like, oh my God, is my cushion going to go away? And the fear of having to go back to work if business ever slowed down began to kick in. You know, I still work at the radio station, but that isn't anything I can sustain off of. So the cushion that I've created has allowed me to pretty much just get it, just get out there and hustle and get it. But we're putting so much money out for a product that won't have an immediate return. It was scary, but I knew that it was something that had to be done. And so another, another element, another branch of the <laughs> of the fear tree was what am I going to do to keep business going but not being like everybody else you know so what can I do what can I launch what can I create to keep some kind of momentum going which is something that I spoke about in the last episode with launching it's a wedding party I felt like it was a different concept that was new to the New Orleans market people all over the country do it but it wasn't necessarily something popular in the New Orleans market and with doing that I needed to have a, a very clear, concise brand so people could know what was going on to be able to separate LRJ events from Let Them Eat Cake podcast from It's a Wedding Party. So something else that I had to do in my rebranding was research. I need to know what everybody else is saying, what everybody else is doing. And granted, I never like to 
compare myself to other planners. Like I, I don't compare our work. You know, everybody's different. Everybody is amazing. And we're, we all have something about ourselves that serves as that magnetic thing between us and potential clients. But I have to know, in addition to what makes me tick, what makes me special, I have to know what makes everybody else special too. That's just something you Everybody should do that, no matter what industry you're in. But clearly, knowing my lane and staying in it is super important. And also kind of taking, really listening to clients, I would say. You know, I'll I meet with a client, we'll have a consultation, they'll think about it. And then when I follow up, they'll say, oh, well, we went with another planner because they had a cheaper price. And I guess that's the cue for me to say, oh, well, let me offer you a cheaper price but I'm not gonna do that like <laughs> that's not the that's not the no I, I, that's not the level that I'm on and I also don't ask I never ask who's the planner I never ask what their price is because my price is my price so none of that really matters, you know? So then months later, when I see that couple, you know, when I see another planner post that couple on Instagram, then I know who I know who the planner is now and I know that their rate is smaller than mine, which is fine. But my, my thing to other planners is to just know that don't sell yourself short or don't say I'm going to just go super low to try to cut the market to get more clients because at the end of the day, you're shooting yourself in the foot. It took me a long time to get to a point where I could be a full-time planner um, because I think that <laughs> I think that my prices were more expensive than they should have been when I first started. But I grew into it. So now people understand it more. But I never wanted to be the one to kind of cut the market to get more clients. Just because, like, uh, charge the word. What I felt like I was worth at the time. And I'm happy that now I've grown into that. What confused me the most in my research about other companies, other planners, other rental companies, other photographers, other videographers is the booked and busy culture. All right. So the booked and busy culture is liking to say, oh, I'm sold out here or hurry up because this month is almost sold out or I only have a few days left in this month or now booking for this, now booking for that. Like, no, 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 no. I am, I'm always booking y'all. Like if I have a sold out month, you ain't gonna know that unless you watching and you see, dang, Fresh had a wedding every weekend in November. Ooh, she was sold out. Like I'm not gonna put that on the front end. That's not gonna be a part of my messaging that I'm putting out. You know, with this, with this rebrand, accessibility is something that I want it to be apparent. I want to always be able to consult with you and talk about how I can be of service of you. And if you see that, if you see that I'm booked, or if you see that you don't, I only have one date left next September, and you're in the very beginning stages of even deciding, but if you want a planner, but you know that you want to get married next September, you're gonna ask me out because you'll probably be like, oh. That day gonna be booked. I'm not gonna worry about it. You're gonna scratch me off your list. So let me give a backstory to that. I have a um 
a college friend getting married. And I was so excited. He's getting married in Lake Charles. And I got invited as a wedding guest, which is something that I love. As much as I love working for y'all, I love to be wedding guests sometimes too. I was going, okay? A young lady who I knew because I had done her sister's wedding a couple of years ago called me. And she was like, hey, Fresh, I'm getting married on such and such a date. And we want to bring you on board as our dev coordinator. And I was like, okay, what's the date? And she told me, and I was like, man, I'm going to a friend's wedding out of town on that date. And she said that, oh, well, that's that's fine. I'm pretty sure, you know, it's day of. I've seen your team work before. I'm pretty sure that they can handle it without you, right? Like if I work with you up until you leave, and then we tag them in for actual execution. And I'm like, boom, <laughs> I like the way you think. Because I will say some clients want me to be there. They don't understand that, you know, my team can get it done too. But she was somebody who knew us and seen everybody in action before. And I'm like, that that's an amazing idea. We can totally do that. But after that call, I began to think, what if I posted on Instagram? Fresh is not available on September. I forget what the date was. Somebody would have crossed me off that list or somebody would have said, oh, well, we can't consider fresh because they're not available. They're closed that day. So I think that it's very important for us to keep ourselves accessible because you never know the client's needs may fit into that. You know, you may tell somebody, oh, I'm completely booked for the month of September, but somebody might just want to reach out and rent something from you that they've seen on one of your pictures or somebody may want your B team. It's a thing that social media does to us mentally that makes us think that if we aren't busy or if we aren't perceived to be busy, then we aren't working or we shouldn't be considered because we not popping. <laughs> you know, like popping is a state of mind. I'm always popping, y'all. I am always popping. But I'm not going to cut myself off from potential business because I'm trying to make it look like I'm popping because I have to show my followers that I'm popping. So in that way, no, I'm not going to tell you that I have limited dates up. No, I'm not going to tell you that something sold out. I'm going to always be booking. So I don't have to tell you now booking. So in, in my rebranding process, you know, being very, very intentional about when I'm posting became a priority because it was such a it was such a span of time of my websites being completed and my logos being done and you know some templates that I want to use for Instagram stories like while I'm waiting for those things that other people were handling to be done I began to really scrutinize myself like what kind of vibe am I putting out there I have a personal Instagram so you're not gonna see too much of me on mine granted my clients have fun with me you know, I would love to to show more of my personality on my business page, but I just, I have a hard time keeping up as it is, so I don't really worry about that. But the things that I do put out, I always ask myself, what's the quality? What is it saying? I don't want to be the one just posting stuff just to post. And it's a, it's a double-edged sword because you want to be engaging, but at the same time, I am very meticulous about the way my Instagram looks, so I don't like it to look fragmented. So what I'm trying to do is do a better job of engaging on Facebook so that I can post more thoughts about things and questions and actually have more engaging conversations with people there. And I'm still figuring Instagram out. Rome wasn't built in a day. <laughs> LLJ Instagram wasn't built in a day. But my advice to other wedding pros is what does your brand say about you? Ask yourself that. 
You know, are you happy with it? What does your clientele say about you? I'm to the point now where everybody isn't a great fit for me. And I know that. Just the way clients check check your IG and your Facebook before they reach out, the booking process, I do the same thing. I want to know, I want to know who these people are. I want to know what they like. You know, I want to find out as much as I can from them out of their natural element to see what kind of client I'm dealing with. By them knowing that they do this to me, I want to make sure that what my business page shows is appealing to a wide audience. I love that my pool of clientele consists of so many different people. When people look at my brand, I want them to see that. I want them to see themselves, see that they have a place with me too. And that's super, super, super important. And I kind of credit all of this to having OCD. You know, my digital marketing guy tells me over and over again how I overthink things <laughs> and I make things more complicated than it is. But in some instances, it worked and it's important and I need to do it for my sanity. So there's something else um, that really stood out to me in my research about social media, the social media part and all this. It's kind of like a market switch, a market shift, I should say. And I kind of wonder how do other wedding pros actually navigate the natural ignorance of humans? People don't read captions. They just see a pretty picture and react to it. Most times it could be an honest oversight of the poster that that's happening. Or for some people that's trying to build their following, it might be intentional. But I tell you no lie, People, you can post someone else's work and you can tag them and a potential client or follower is still going to think that is yours because people do not read captions. That's why I don't post other people's work on my Instagram or my on my LRJ Instagram. On the podcast Instagram, I actually want to post most people's work because the podcast doesn't provide a service. So me posting other people's wedding work properly crediting every all of the vendors of course it doesn't necessarily make me money whereas it's kind of tricky I think I feel a kind of way about people that offer services but post other people's work knowing that humans don't read captions so it's like you post this decked out space and somebody's like oh my god I want that person because they did this when that's not necessarily the case so it's always been a great space for me, which is why I decided that I would not post other people's work on my page because my page is not an inspiration page. It is a page of my work that I want clients to see and that I want other vendors to see. And this is how, you know, a very important part of, of business for me, you know? So it's like, how do you compete? in a market where the actual resume doesn't hold the same weight. Because technically, all you need is a pretty Instagram to be successful right now. So being that I came in before social media was a thing, I haven't really learned how to... I haven't really found a comfortable space in taking advantage of it in that way. You know, like some people don't care. They're like, man, look, I'm building... I'm getting these followers. But for me, I haven't... I haven't found my groove in that yet. Like, I want to stick to, you know, just putting my work out there. I want to do more, get more features and stuff. Or having, you know, some inspo pages actually posting, credit my work and stuff. So, it's kind of hard to navigate. And I'm always interested to hear other planners and other industry professionals take on it. Like, how do you share things that you want to share, but still not take advantage of people's natural ignorance to things. So sound off about that. I want to hear about it. 
In closing to all of this, if you're looking to rebrand, it's more than just a logo, y'all. It is a full circle of things and messaging is one of them. Put your consumer lenses on and be 10 times better than what you require for yourself as a customer. That's what I did. I, I looked at things that were important to me as a customer and I was like, all right, I got to go 10 times harder than what I want because I want people to be wild by the experience that I give. And it starts with what they see. So I had gotten totally complacent. My website was in shambles. I was so stressed out about not having a designer that was very into the project, but I knew I needed to get it done. And by the time she didn't even finish, just by the time she started ignoring my ass, I was so tired. I was like, I'm going to just let it be. But then a year had passed and I had like a lot more weddings that needed to go on there that I felt showed so much of you know my depth as, a, as an event designer and clients couldn't see that. It had gotten to the point I was like, I have to, I have to create something with these photos that I can send clients when I'm responding to inquiries so they can see that I'm very good. You know, I don't think that my website that I had up until what, a week ago, two weeks ago, actually showed match the brand that I wanted to put out. So invest in yourself. You know, no matter what that costs, make a plan and make it happen. I was I was actually stressed out about the sticker shock of everything that I wanted to do once I put it on paper and got numbers for it. But you know what? The same way these amazing clients, how we work hard to get these budgets to make their dream weddings happen, I had to work very hard for myself to make my dream brand come to life, you know? And I say it every episode, <laughs> and mostly because I'm telling this to myself, but research social media and find ways to maximize office potential. But always be honest about it. You know, if you know you build your following of other people's work, then maybe <laughs> you got to backtrack and, you know, and be accessible. Accessibility is key. I don't always chase after the people that are always showing that they're tied up or limited slots available for this and this and that. No, you too popping for me. I don't want to know you that popping. You know, I go to the people that show me their work and it is great and make me feel like they always have time and a space for me, even if they don't. Because if I want to work with them, we're going to talk about it. I want to know well, who's on your team, who can help me, how long do I have to wait? But if they're always booked and busy, then I scratch them off the list. I'm like, oh, they ain't got time. They can't do it. So if, if nothing else from this episode, that's what I want you to take away. Be accessible. This episode of Let Them Be Cake was brought to you by It's a Wedding Party, a curated style shoot series that is sure to wow you. If you want to be a vendor, hit us up. If you're a photographer or videographer looking to check out more great content, or if you're trying to build your portfolio, hit us up too. <laughs> For details and dates, log on our website, lrj.com backslash It's a Wedding Party. That's E-L-L-E, the letter R, J-A-E.com backslash it's a wedding party only 25 slots available so act fast